Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show, or it might have been the Australian Comedy Show a few minutes ago. Are you looking forward to? <laughs> we're looking forward to a great lineup tonight. We've got some great viewer questions, and we'll be sharing our thoughts on the markets. Stay tuned for this show tonight. You're going to be holding on to your seats. And the topic is how to make a living trading stocks and create a passive income. Now, before we get into the show, if tonight is your first time watching, we'd like to give you a special welcome and thank you for joining the show. We look forward to sharing many more evenings with you. Remember, our goal is to show you more about how to make money from investing and trading in the stock market and make your journey easier and safer by informing and educating you on the realities of successful investing and trading. Now, as mentioned, we will answer your most burning questions, trading or investing questions. This includes providing an opinion on where your favourite stocks are headed. Now, only if you ask nicely, of course. Each week of the month, we rotate through different markets and share our thoughts on the charts. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you going? <laughs> There's a bit of impromptu in there. I know, you change that whole thing around all the time. I've, I have no idea where she's going, guys. I really don't know where she's going. No, it was, a bit, it was a bit of the comedy show before I came on. I had to put on my straight face really quickly, so... I think I'm going to call you Elon, because <laughs> oh, I never know what he's doing with Tesla, so I'm never sure what you're doing I'm, when you're looking at this script. I don't know. So, oh, OK. Oh, it's, but it's been a fun week. I know Has it? Yeah, well, I, just watching the comedy show in the US, you know, it's like just... Everybody I talk to in the US, I go... Um, are you embarrassed or are you excited about what's going on? And they all say they're so embarrassed about what's happening in the US at the yeah. moment. It's just not. And I'm thinking, well, would that happen in Australia? Could we actually get into what's going on in America and, and get to that point? I don't know. We are following it a Everything's little. Everything's bigger in America, though, Everything's isn't it? bigger in America. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, it's just embarrassing what's going on, isn't it? Look, I don't know. It's just complicated, I think. Yeah, mm. complicated. I don't know. It's pretty simple. You've got... One person you shouldn't vote for and another person you probably shouldn't vote for either, so who do you vote for? <laughs> but we've had that same issue, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, you said better the devil you know or is it the other one? Yeah, mm -hmm. from that point of view. But hey, the exciting news is the guy came and mowed my lawn on Friday. <laughs> yes. Who? <laughs> the lawnmower guy. <laughs> the pool guy hasn't shown up yet, but the lawnmower guy's here, so that's good. That's awesome. I was thinking I was going to lose the dog in the grass for a while. <laughs> okay, now do you want to tell them about the, okay. the flicks? Oh, remember, sorry, but talk, talk about flicks. Oh, yeah, so we've got some interviews on flicks. We did 
just did another interview with Michael Waits, who's founder of AsiaTechPodcast.com. Great. We're talking about elections, um, what he thinks with the Trump election or the US presidential election, not necessarily whether Trump gets elected. Thoughts on how it's going to affect the, the stock market now and before. We've also got a money coach on that uh, we're interviewing tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. I think that one's going to go on Friday. Michael will be tomorrow, I think, out on Flix. So it's flixx.com. So get in there and you'll see my US market reports and other interviews that Janine and I are doing on there. So get onto that. Uh, not right now. Wait for tomorrow. That's okay. But remember, if you do have a burning question for us, you can also send us your question as an email. But, but don't be shy. We really want you to have some fun and record a 30-second video. So just get on your webcam, your iPhone, your whatever it's got, just stick it in front of your face and say, hi, Dale and Janine, here's my question. And email it to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Moving on, it is the first Tuesday of the month, and this means... No drum rolls. T- oh, I was yeah. getting so used to that drum roll. <laughs> You're really good at that. Can you bring the guitar in next time? No. Oh, okay. Can't get him on that either. This is a serious show that we talk about the market and you want me to play a musician. Yep. Okay, you heard it. We look at the Australian market, so let's get into the charts right now, shall we? That's quite a good idea. So let's look at the charts on your lawn. I talk about this pretty much all the time. I know, you must be bored of it now, are you? I am. Okay. I was bored of it 10 years ago. Okay, looking at the way that the stock the stocks have been trading lately, some are going up, some are going down, some mm. are sideways, and mm. the market overall is, has been sideways, isn't it, really? So it shows that what the bigger stocks are more likely to be doing. And, I mean, the fact that our market hasn't moved on since June says a lot, really. Oh, it is, but you're getting people out there. I know you're seeing that people, you know, the market went up strongly yesterday it's up a bit it's up strongly today but we're still not above the high of last week mm. and people are going yeah hey, the market's on its way up on its way up it's like two days mm. and it's like seriously but that's it what was people a big are move thinking on monday though yeah but it was a big move but it was like was it an overreaction on friday because trump got sick and mm. obviously you know the u.s market came out and said oh you know Pushed, pushed the Dow, the NASDAQ and the S&P went down on Friday, but yeah. not hugely. They went down 1, 1.5, 1.6% basically. Our market went down mm. a little bit further. And then yesterday our market took off because now Trump's getting out of hospital and now we're up again today because the US market was So it's was a up. copycat thing going on, but also mm. talk in Australia of the stimulus package continuing. Yeah, and stimulus package will mean the market pushes forward. But again, when is the stimulus package coming out? And, and obviously, we've got the budget going to be announced very shortly. So uh, the Reserve Bank didn't put interest rates down, which is what mm. we were thinking of. I mean, how do you put them down further than 0.25% anyway? <laughs> it's like, let's just give us more money, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, stimulus package will stimulate the economy. But as you're seeing there, I mean, the market is sideways. It's sideways, but it's not the end of the week. It's early in the week, even though it's up strong. Mm. The market really would have to get back above around this 6,000, um, what is it, 240 points for me to... Before me, I, yeah, I'd agree. Before 50 I get points too for me, yeah. So if it gets above there strongly and closes really strongly on any week, then it could continue to rise. But it's right now mm. where it is, there's a risk to the downside because that um, this low of mm. August was taken out here. Mm. Um, in September, so because that happened, there's still that risk, and we'd rather the market come back and settle down. Yeah, I want it to come back more because then it's more sustainable when it comes out. And I yeah. have been saying the market could go for one to two weeks before it falls away. So mm. this is possible right now. 
It just depends on where it closes on Friday. That's yeah, I mean, I guess the alternative is if it does shoot through mm. and start taking off again, then you've got to take a different position. Absolutely, and that's mm. a, what it is, and that's where people say to us, say, well, hang on, the day you said it's going down, but now it's going up, or you said it was going up, now it's going you've down. You've got to prepare for both. You've got to prepare for both, and, and it's mm. about what is the risk of being in the market right now and what is the risk of buying shares right now. And right now, I think we're not sure on the direction but I think mm. it's a bit more down than up. That's yep. what I'm thinking at the moment. But, okay. um, but now, before we get into our first question tonight, I really want to thank all of those who sent an email in to us. Thanks for sticking your fingers on the keyboard and taking the time to send us an email. And if you haven't been meaning, if you've been meaning to send us an email, but you haven't for whatever reason, now's the time to get your fingers talking for you and shoot your questions in. If the earlier you send them in, the more chances are that they will be on the show. But please do that. But I think you've got the first question time, haven't you? Well, this is exciting isn't it? Mm -hmm. Our first email question is from Joe. Now we've shortened most emails tonight just to try to get a few through a few more. Hi Dale and Janine, I've been watching Elders for a few weeks. Um, it's charts showing a strong bullish trend. I don't own the stock but I'm considering buying it and I recall you mentioning that mentioning it was looking strong financially after a period of poor results and I don't understand PE ratios and other data yet. I need to work on this. Thanks Joe. Good to do your research for sure there Joe and thanks for the email. Now looking at elders we've got there on the screen it has moved up really mm. quite strongly so I can't remember exactly when we talked about this but it was some time ago wasn't it? And yeah it's probably in about a month ago I'd say. I thought I it guess. was even further than that. A bit further than that. Yeah. I know. yeah. So I was thinking that it was just when it was pushing out of here but I can't recall exactly when it was. It might have been earlier this year um, and then taking off again. So it has moved up strongly. I think it looks really good. Still, if you're in this and you wouldn't be looking to sell it right now, you'd be wanting to try to capitalise on any upside, but just being cautious and having the nice trailing stop loss yeah. in place. But the reason I'm shrinking up the left-hand side of the chart is because I just wanted to um, get people to see the big picture and understand what this stock has done. Now, it doesn't mean that it could continue um, to go up all the way um, to the you know the right hand side of the chart it's not necessary that just because a stock's made an all-time high it doesn't always mean that it's going to go up to those levels again in future mm. it's possible but um, well it's a different stock now than what it was back in that all-time high isn't it it's yeah. a completely different share yeah so mm. I mean the fact that that's changed then you'd have to think okay it's bottomed out nicely down here and it's in a nice trend long-term trend now yeah I think I mean elders has really got back to its knitting if that makes sense mm. you know it's got back to what it's called businesses and you know for, for many many years it was highly unloved by the marketplace but we're looking at the last few years it's looking brilliant mm. um, and I do like the stock I think it's great and it's good that you're asking questions and it's good that you're actually saying well I don't really understand PE ratios and other things yet but it, it is wise for you to go and understand those things and I know the ASX has some great education on it that's free and just teaches you little stuff about that and free little courses so just go to asx.com.au and just go to their education tab on the top of it and you'll just there's some really basic courses there to help you understand all of that and you know it's coming from the ASX it's got to be good there but uh, it'll help you understand how the to is. the what is and that we it, they don't teach you how to trade we do that uh, they'll teach you that about a what is you know like what is a dividend what is a PE ratio what's a stock you know brokers those sorts of things so but go there and have a good look but great question um, let's get to the next question and this one is from I think it's spelt uh, you say your name Udi hopefully I've said that one right hi experts I bought flight center shares when it was $17.37 will it go above this price in the near future or should I sell it and minimize my losses appreciate your valuable advice Udi so let's bring up was flight it 17.37 did you say 17 
Yeah. Yeah, 1737. Okay, so let's just have a look at um, what happened here. First of all, let's have a look at the history of this because this is a very volatile stock. This is um, a stock that's not for beginners to trade and it can have periods where it trends beautifully. Mm. But then when it's down, it's really down, isn't it? Look at it. Um, so right now it's in a sideways pattern. Even though it started to move up over the past few weeks, it's not really going anywhere fast. If you look at the bars on the chart there, I think it's got upside potential. However, I still think it's in a high risk category because people who are looking at this are speculating that the situation's going to change and it may do, but then I think um, industries like this are going to be exposed to the stop starts yes. with COVID over the next potentially year or two years even. Mm. So there could be some upside as the domestic travel increases from interstate, um, but I don't think the overseas um, picture is going to get back to where it was for a long time. And that's really where I think you need to really understand. And they made big money from that too. There was a lot of well, money from the cruise ships and the international yeah. travel. Um, those package deals are where they used to make their money. Mm. So I don't know how they're going to do that with domestic. Yeah, I mean, because if you're flying to Sydney or Brisbane or Perth or whatever else, you just don't generally book your flight through flights. And you just go to Qantas or Virgin or whoever else and book your flights online. Yeah. You know, and if you're going to go to Queensland for a holiday, you probably don't necessarily go to Flight Centre either, but some people would. Mm. But generally when you go to Flight Centre, like when we go to Flight Centre, it's mm. always for our international travel. But you're going so. to have to get creative. A yeah. Flight Centre will have to get creative mm. with what they mm. offer, won't they? So this, is this example of people trying to bottom pick? Yeah, look, I think it's reasonable to look for an opportunity in, in the stock at this point. I think that the risk is there. So you've just got to be really careful with trading this share because... Mm. You know, if things go the other way with COVID, then of course I think it's going to do an, it's going to do a backflip. But mm. there is potential upside, I think, in the share. Yeah, I mean, mm. I think, I mean, if you're looking at on on the chart, I mean, obviously this is the week that Udi bought the stock mm. on the way up, so he's probably bought it thinking it's going to keep rising because it's risen from that low to that point. It's a fair whack of um, from the low after the the coronavirus low from that move up. That's a pretty big percentage gain. If I put my pointer on there and go to there, you can see how much it moved. It moved 109%. Yeah. So a lot of people would have got in there thinking, hey, it's going to it's go on up. It's on its way and then in. it stopped. And this is where, mm. and I don't know, because he doesn't say, well, the, the, they don't say where, why they bought it or what made them buy it, whether they did a lot of analysis mm. on it or anything else. But a lot of times you'll see the chat forms go, get on this, get on this, get on this, because it's going up. And then all these people get on and it goes down. Yeah, it's um, crazy. And, and this is really crazy at the moment. And it's it, even at that point, it didn't tell us it was going up. It's Look, if it traded back below mm. um, $12 strongly, if there was a strong close on the, mm. at the end of any day or week, then I'd be really concerned about it going the other way. Yeah, but right now, mm. it probably will get back up to where you uh, the price you paid it for, but when is the question? And, and it may not do that in the next two, three, four weeks. It may not even do it in the next year. Um, but you need to determine if any more downside, what downside that you're at. Um, willing to accept, put a, a line in the sand saying if it falls below this level I'm out um, and put your money into another stock or if you want to hold that more medium to longer term because Flight Centre is a good stock long term but you know it could go sideways for two years and do not too much as Janine was talking about but let's get to the next question Janine. Alright, um, it's from Jim. Hi Dale and Janine, could you take a look at PBH as it's done a deal with NBC in the States and share prices doubled in the last few weeks, it's left a large gap on the weekly chart. And I've traded the stock in the past using Jim Theory now using Dow, 
with small success, no longer holding, with the limited data available, would still value your thoughts on whether it would return to fill the gap. I'm still interested in trading this stock, Jim. Thanks a lot for that question. Wow. All right. Um, PBH. I'm interesting putting my glasses one. on for this one. Point <laughs> yeah, now it's actually rocketed off. You can see there on the right-hand side a bit more detail. Left-hand side, there's not a lot of history. So we've mm. only got maybe two years, if that, of data. And this is real a real challenge from the point of view of trading it because you don't ha if you don't have the history you, you can't fully understand yeah, where struggling. the stock is in the big picture, so you can only keep simple strategies to trade it. So you know some of the strategies we teach in our course you could use to trade this and make some profit on it and to be able to buy and sell it. But right now um, it's it's in if someone bought this when it was it had traded up here and even in this zone here around August, they would have a nice little profit there. But you need a, a trailing stop on it. And that's the problem. Look how much profit potentially um, you give away because of the volatility of the share, just the mm. sheer volatility of it means that the drop from the top um, is quite strong. So 26% just to where the closing price is now. And for that to give an exit, it has to unfold further because yeah. currently there is no exit on the weekly chart anyway if you were trading this more short to medium term. Yeah, but I think if, if, you're, in the, if you're trading this kind of stock, then you need to really have solid entry and exit rules. Mm. And so it's about trusting those rules too. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously um, he's bought this stock and been profitable but in the But how can you have really solid rules when you can't test them? Because there's no history on the data, so yeah. you cannot test back test this properly to be able to determine really good rules. So you've got to just decide what's the best way of exiting it mm. based on all the rules that I know to, to, to manage the risk, really. But that's a really good do. point that you mm. actually make up. And a lot of people go, oh, look, I'm just trading this stock and I've done it on this rule. But then the majority of people that we find just don't test their rules. Mm. Or they go, oh, I did this last time, so it's going to do it again. Whereas when we're, when we're teaching students to backtest, we're not talking about backtesting it over 12 months. No. We're talking about five to 10 years. It just tells you nothing the last 12 mm. months. Because it's just telling you some of the recent psychology on it. But it's about really having a really solid go and I think a lot of people go, oh, I've just used this on it, it's worked before in the past. It doesn't necessarily mean to do that. They might have seen one trade on it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't had like five to ten trades, I mean five trades is not even enough, but more like ten trades it you It depends need on the really... rule you're using whether mm. five is enough, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, and, mm. and how you're actually doing that. But again, you know, if you're in this stock, just have a stop loss on it. Make sure you've got that line in the sand and if you take that, then that's great. If you don't have a stop loss on it, I'd suggest you do one, but right now it's, it's a little bit bearish. It may give you an exit signal, but I don't know, mm. I wouldn't be getting into it right now, would no, you? No, no. No. And it may fill that gap that you talked about. So All right. let's get um, on to the number. We've got yeah. an email from Amar. Hi, Dale and Janine and everyone behind the scenes. Oh, isn't that nice? It's nice to say to the guys behind the scenes. They're waving at you, Jamar. They're saying, <laughs> yes, give you a thumbs up. Can you comment on A2M for the rest of 2020, especially from quantitative perspective, including management departures, etc.? Amar, do you want to talk about that? Um, um, the answer is no. We're not going to take talk about it from a quantitative perspective and that stuff. Janine and I are technical analysts, if you haven't. Yeah, this is what we do, we look at charts. So I'm not gonna get into the management and all that sort of stuff. A2 milk had really bad news recently because of China and the, the powdered milk, blah, 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 all of that sort of stuff. And there are absolutely shed loads of, and I didn't swear, shed loads of articles out there from great journalists and great analysts talking about that fundamental and that quantitative type stuff. So and I'm we sure would you don't never make a decision based on whether someone's going to leave or management changes or departures or anything like 
but... Yeah, we never do. Because no. the charts will tell us anyway. And right now, what's your take on A2 milk? Stay away from it for now. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty easy, wasn't it? All right. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. <laughs> We've got lots more to come. Before we get into that, now is a perfect time to hit that subscribe button. Also like the video. So we hope to see lots of those... Um, is it the well, bells like go lots, off? Yeah, the ding bells, yeah, you like lots Why of like... Why can't give... I hear the bells when they go off? Well, because you're not listening. Well, I'd get excited if I could hear more bells, but I can't hear them. <laughs> no, okay. we do that. But All right, it's time to it. get into the topic for tonight, which is how to make a living trading stocks and create a passive income. This year, the more people became concerned about their job security, the more the masses began to look for alternative ways to generate an income, and the more people realised the huge opportunity that exists to trade the stock market. Now, the market fall and rebound in March 2020 boosted the confidence of many looking to create a passive income from trading stocks as they achieved some instant gratification. But this created a false sense of security for many wanting to trade the stock market for a living. Unfortunately, what people expect and what they experience are often two different things. Now, because you don't always get blue skies in the stock market, and any sailor can sail in fair weather, but only well-trained sailors can sail through the storms and continue to navigate the journey over time. Well, that's quite prophetic. You wrote that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm a sailor. And as the market became increasingly more uncertain, the challenge of gaining a passive income stream became even harder and the dream of making a living from trading stocks started to fade. Many have shared recently that they're unsure of what they're doing and need help. So if you're serious about get generating an income from the stock market, we want to, you to know that you can succeed and we're going to assist you to get on the right track to do this. The interesting thing is, is people think that making money on the stock market is just buying and selling some stocks mm. and making some money, but it's not necessarily the case. Give me the best technique, Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can like, you tell what, me? What's and, the... and it's like, what should I buy today? And mm. at the end of the day, have you so you're saying people are saying what's to buy is the first thing and then Absolutely. tell me the best strategy is the second one. Yeah, if you look at all of our videos and the most and the most popular videos on YouTube, you'll always see it's stocks to buy. Mm. It's always the most popular more people watching it and that's the biggest questions we always get is what should I buy? But if somebody's asking what should I buy, then they're not going to be somebody that's highly likely going to be able to create an income out of the market. So what's to buy is down here, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. comes it's yeah. the process and everything, how you actually, mm. how you're actually going to go about it. So we're going to talk a bit about that as we mm -hmm. go through tonight. Now, the first thing you need to know is don't take tips. Um, we know this because we actually know how this ends and we see so many people take tips. They get on the chat forums or whatever else and they take tips. And the thing is, when you get a tip, you don't know who's giving you the tip, how qualified they are and how well versed they are in analysis method or whether they're trying to ramp a stock, which happens all of the time that you see these people give out tips and you, and you see them on, you know, whether they're commenting on YouTube videos or they're telling everybody what they're buying and selling, but you don't know who you're getting the tip off. And so it's a really about understanding what you're doing. And the, the next one is, is definitely don't quit your job to trade the market until you have a proper plan and have proven to yourself that you can trade successfully, successfully for at least 12 months and preferably for a couple of years. Otherwise, instead of having um, this, you could end up with this. Now, how many times have you seen people give up their job, think they've been trading for th three months and they've made some money during the tech boom, you name it, it, and they've made some money and they've given up their job to trade full time within six months, they're dead broke. Yeah, I've heard it. Mm. It just happens so mm. often, and we find that's the case for a lot of people. Just because you can make money, and 
and not being rude to anybody, if you've made money since the COVID bottom in March and you've made some good money for that eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever it is the market went up, that doesn't necessarily make you a trader. It just makes you somebody that's made some money out of the marketplace. And yes, you got it right. But as Janine said a little bit earlier, you've got to, you can't just be a fair weather sailor. You've got to do it in both fair weather and stormy weather. And the last two months, our market's gone sideways, or three months since June, it's gone sideways. So it's not necessarily been stormy, but it hasn't been great for trading if you don't really understand what you're doing. But trading for an income, um, really you do need to employ a simple strategy that enables you to extract safe money from the market with the least amount of effort and risk. And that's really what we need to do is you're trying to get safe money out of the market with the least amount of effort and risk. And I don't find people do that. No, I mean, so people say to us sometimes, well, why didn't you get in at this price? Hmm. And we'll say, because we're trying to, our aim and strategy is to get the safe piece in the middle, hmm. not to try to get out at the top or to try to get in at the bottom, but be in it for the run. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, it's, it's, they, Again, I won't, don't want to be rude, but people show their ignorance sometimes in that and they say, well, you said don't get into this right now, but it's done that. But then mm. they don't really understand it's about risk. And every time we say we're not sure about that or we don't really like that one, it's about risk that we're taking. And people don't understand how to measure that risk. And so they often take risks way above what they should be or what they're, they're, they have education to actually handle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a really big mistake that people make. And yes, they get it right sometimes, but then there's always something to come and bite you on the back Side. Yeah, well, I mean, trading the market's about probability. Mm. So you're not going to get it right all the time. That's just the reality of it. And I mean, COVID was a real, um, you know, in a really different situation because mm. it hadn't happened for 100 years in the market. And so people are seeing this opportunity when the shares rise to get back in again, but mm. they haven't been around long enough to see what happens after that. Correct, mm. correct. Now, we're going to show people some PowerPoint slides that were done, yep. at, that we did for our students in a workshop three years ago. Oh, this was our art of trading in 2000 and I think it was 15 or three years, about three or four years yeah, ago. Four years ago. Um, mm. So it's only five slides. This is an hour and a half presentation that we did. So it's, we're only going to give you five slides and they're reasonably high level. And in the presentation, it was to our students and graduates who uh, have done done our diploma course and our, and our advanced courses, etc. So they, we knew what they already knew and they knew how to trade. So. As we go they through these, we'll try and explain it. as well. Like, you, you know, they could but have they done were a traders. They, they were, they were, they were experienced and knowledgeable yeah. traders, and that's really what it was about. So they really got the depth of some of this sort of stuff. But we're going to take you through these five slides anyway and explain to you what we're talking about and how to create income streams from the marketplace. So do you want yeah. to take I mean, it I over? guess part, yeah. of the, part of the reason for this presentation mm -hmm. originally was because some people who learn to trade and look, I'm, I'm going to say to myself, when I started learning the techniques, I got so excited about the techniques that I went right into that. But you need to step back and look at the big picture. And I think mm. that's one of the important lessons for me. So that's really what we were aiming to share with people. Because when you get down to the trading level and you're in the money, in yes. the market, it just becomes all encompassing for some people. Mm. So by stepping back and looking at what the process is and the whole way of thinking, people can actually free themselves from mm. getting stuck in that. And then come back to it, start again, and then come start it afresh mm. and then be able to set really good strategies to move forward to trade. I love what you just said. That's perfect. Mm. That really is perfect. Because, so, yeah, you, you mean you, from an engineering background, you're quite detailed. I love the detail, how mm. things work, why mm. things happen. I wanted mm. to study it and understand it and pull it apart. 
but then it's about then stepping out of that. Um, so it took me a while to get mm. that because it was just so interesting learning everything that still is, is in the market. <laughs> yeah. So steps to success. Okay. So you want to take it away onto the PowerPoint right now? Yeah. Yeah. So this is really important. It's about knowing your why and really understanding your motivation and what your goals and dreams are for this. And what, what we get people to do is write a paragraph and explain and really put down, say, what your vision is. Mm for your why, what you'd like your life to be like, and, and, and maybe put a time frame on it, even five years. So the, most people talk about wanting to have a, a um, financial independence and be retired, but I think nut it down even further than that to the details if you actually see it. Even make it, one guy sent me in an email and he had a paragraph there with him and his wife, and at the time they were looking to travel around and play golf at all the different courses around the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if he's gonna do that now, but I mean, that is what you want to be thinking about. Maybe it'll be going around the Gulf Col Gold Coast and playing all the courses around there now, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's about knowing your why and really putting that down because if you don't do that, when you get stuck in all of the trading stuff, you'll forget why you're doing this. And there's so many people who trade for six to 12 months and then they just fall off the end of the pier, don't they? Yeah, and I think it's because when I when, when I say to people, why do you want to trade? They go, they're, 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 the default answer is to make money. But money is not, the reason why you're doing it, you, you know, it's about you know you want more control in your life. You want to have you know better holidays, do things with your family. You know, you want to play golf at all these those types of places. You want to travel the world. One of our guys wanted to take to retire and, and go on cruise ships and everything yeah. else, which is what he's, he's doing. Yeah, he was doing it. He was doing COVID it. Hit. Now you know, but then mm. he said, he sent me. He wrote down his goals. He wanted to get a tailor-made suit and shirt and everything else. And then he sent me photos of that <laughs> in his dress on the sh on the sh on the ship. He wasn't ship. wearing a dress. No, his wife was wearing the dress. He's <laughs> the way he was dressed in his nice suit. So, okay. But yeah, that's the sort of stuff we're talking about is why. What gets you out of bed in the morning? And, and that's really what your why is because unless you understand the why, you'll get stuck at every Yeah, hurdle. because someone says, I just, know, I just want to make money. Mm -hmm. If you want to make money for an income, why do you want that income? And yeah. what difference is it really going to make to your life? Be really mm -hmm. clear about it. Mm -hmm. So that's really the first one. Okay, so that's why. So the second one is from that, you need to write your goals. So these are the things, now, you know, we, in coming through all of this, there are a lot of people that, they sort of cringe and, oh, do we have to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, we want to get back to the technical analysis. Well, if you don't do this, you're not going to get from A to B. You're going to be stuck somewhere in Never Never Land. That's basically the way it works. So what was the that, goals. What was that statement from Alice in Wonderland? You know, when Alice says to the Oh, thing, if you don't know where you're going, it's... it's the, where you're going, um, I don't know. And if you don't really know... No, you'll never get there or you'll something. You'll never get there. Or it doesn't matter much. Care. You don't, it doesn't matter much which way you go because you'll get wherever you want there anyway. Yeah, that's right. So, so there, was all, there were all these mm, paths on the drawing showing yeah. that Alice could have chosen any direction. Yeah. Mm. So if you don't know where you're going, how do you know you're going to get there? And, and the goal setting to me is just writing down all the milestones of what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And it gives you clarity about what you've got to do. And then you can say, look, this is my goal is I want to earn $100,000 year income from the marketplace. So then we break that down. But well, not then everyone's good at that? this. But we should, no. this is something that should have been nutted into us more at school. Mm. To me, okay, I could design, use mathematics to design a chemical reactor. <laughs> but, you know, did they teach people? this. <laughs> can you design a chemical reactor, can you? I'm not getting you upset, that's for sure. But let's keep going. So, but, but the goals, goals need to be really specific. 
mm. right? And they have to have a date attached to them of when you'll achieve it. But everyone gets hung up on those dates. You mm. can change those dates. If Correct. you get to the point and something mm. happens, that's mm. fine. Just make sure that you have the goal to walk towards. I know I've talked a lot about this with, with Michael yeah. Waits on uh, oh, Talking yeah. Wealth okay. one last week. So people, if you saw if you saw Talking uh, Flicks. Will that help them? Um, yeah, we talked a bit about some of this sort of stuff, okay. setting goals awesome. on how you get through and getting started and all that sort of stuff. But again, it's just about having a plan. It's like, you know, going from Melbourne to Sydney, you've got to, okay, what do I got to do? How am I going to get there? Am I, I going to drive, to fly, bus? Dubbo, is that where you're going? Yeah, I want to go to here, here. <laughs> Bye. Dubbo, I want to Sydney stop at the and Dubbo left. Zoo. Why do I want to go to Dubbo? If I'm going to Dubbo, I'm not getting to Sydney. <laughs> All right. No, your Next. geography, girl. <laughs> it's a long time since I've driven up there. Dubbo's a nice place, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, knowledge and experience in the market. So that's really important, mm. isn't it? So, Absolutely. you know, you really need the knowledge. So it's about we talk to people about doing the courses, okay? So yep. it's about having the structure around the learning that you get. And instead of just, and Dale really did this well in one of the presentations he did years ago. He drew this zigzag line, I remember. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. went all over the place. But ideally, you're wanting to go from A to B, but you can either take the short route or you're going to end up taking the spaghetti route and go the long way, and maybe you'll never even get there. So that's the challenge with yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just about to release a video called <laughs> The Seven Steps to Success, and one of them um, is like the elevators to success is broken, you've got to take the stairs. Okay. So, because it really is about that it's about gaining the knowledge and experience and you said it right yeah. at the front of this is where you said what people often experience is not mm. what they expect and it's because some people say oh I'll get in the market it'll be easy I'll make a lot of money and then I'll be able to retire quickly blah 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 because I've seen other people do it I've heard stories or I've watched these fancy ads on you know, YouTube that come up in front of my videos of these people having these lavish lifestyles, I must be able to do that. So they've gone into it without the knowledge and understanding. Mm. That's the problem, isn't it? Correct. Mm. And you've got to, and, and I don't know how many times we've said it to the students when we've done live workshops and things like that, said to them, you have to earn your right to be successful. Mm. And earning your right is getting the knowledge and experience and putting the time in to earn that right. Because yep. if you're good at a job, you've put the time and effort in. Well, the experience shows up when you're completely dispassionate mm. about the trades mm. that you mm. place in the market. If you can do that, you know, it shows that you've gone to another level, you've developed the knowledge and the experience and, the, and, and to a level that is going to make you successful. Yeah. All right, so so look, that's on. the next point. Plan to manage yourself and your environment. So that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah. So when you're managing yourself, it's about your psychology really, isn't it? Hmm. Um, and making sure that you have a plan to... Someone said to me the other day, oh, I really don't have time to, to do this with my current um, work and family. And it was about organising him. Uh, to be able to get up on a Saturday, maybe get up an hour early or than the family or maybe mm. um, the family go out for a walk and then you spend that hour just focusing on um, that plan to manage yourself and your trading. Well, sounds like if you if you want to replace your income mm. by trading the market, how do you earn your income now most of the time? You get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you brush your hair, have your breakfast, get in your car, go to work, you work for eight hours for somebody else to pay you whatever they think you're worth and you go home again and then you go and watch TV. So you're but doing you're that anyway. But you're doing that anyway, but you mm. expect to make an income from trading when you're only giving it half of your attention and then when you can fit it in around everything else. And mm. it's about managing that environment saying, well, I want to be successful. So I'm going to allocate this much time every week and be diligent about that. And, you know, you don't become a successful footballer or anything without 
planning oh, it out and managing the time. Think about the, the dedication that they yeah, put in. They're yeah. incredible. So that's mm. what we're saying here. So the next one is the strategy. Yep. The strategy is important, but notice how it's the fifth one down on yep. the list. So once you have all of the other things in place, then comes the strategy, and, and we're going to talk about that shortly. Okay, cool. System for measuring performance, just to see how you're going. Spreadsheets mm. are always great if you know how to use a basic spreadsheet to track your trading. When we're bringing people through the course, we're teaching them to log the trades, mm. to actually put a spreadsheet together to record the profit and the, the return they're generating. And it's also part of your backtesting as well, because as the stock continues to unfold on the chart, then you're updating your backtesting mm. to keep it up mm. to date so you know the strategy. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. If That's you can't right. manage it, you can't improve it. That's correct. And then take massive action. You were talking about this today. Yeah, that's what I told one, one of my mentors said to me, Dale, he said the way successful people become successful is they take more action than everybody else. They fail more than everybody else. They get more no's than everybody else. And, mm. and we know that. And it's about taking that massive action because without action, nothing actually what happens. Sue? Remember the effort that she put in? She used to come to every single workshop mm. that we ran. Mm. Um, mm. She wasn't even in, in Melbourne. She was in another, you know, in, um, was it Ballarat that she came from? Um, I'm trying to remember where she came from, but yeah, correct, mm. it was very successful, yeah. Mm. But let's let's keep moving on, but you're right, it's about taking massive action all the time, so let's keep moving on. Now, trading for income could be a strategy that will allow you to trade short-term and take short-term profits, and or a strategy to trade medium-term, bank the gains and draw down the profits. Mm. Now, one, there was a lady that mm. I met years ago, and she was just gorgeous, she was from Sydney, um, really got along well with her. She was trading a lot of short term and yes. doing a lot of daily chart analysis. And when I uh, had a look at what she was doing, because she was buying in on the trade on the daily chart and selling on the daily chart, she was blinkered, right? Yeah. So she was trading with blinkers and not realising that she was generating the broker stacks of money and only taking a small amount for herself. Where I said to her, look, just take the entry on the weekly mm. chart and then, look, if you really want to take the trade on the daily to get out, then do it. Otherwise, look at the, the weekly to get out and see the difference that that makes over the history. Mm. So with a controlled strategy and approach and applying it in the right way, she was back testing that to work it out. She proved to herself that the medium-term strategy made her more. She could bank the profits and then um, work on those medium-term strategies over mm. time. But people think they've got to be in and out of the market all the they time. They do. I had a guy in Queensland that was trading CFTs full-time, making his... Mm making a living from that and he's like you know I don't get time to play golf I don't get to anything and I said well how many trades are you doing he goes 30 to 50 trades a month and I said let's fix this and so I worked with him and then I saw him about five or six months later I was in Brisbane I caught up with him I said how's it all going now and he goes Dale he said I'm doing one tenth of trades making far more money playing golf enjoying life whereas before trading was consuming him the broker should have been taking him out the to play golf should have, they're show, broker should, but he didn't have time <laughs> the 19th he, hole would be good, he didn't it? have time but that's the point he was trading less trading better mm. and having a lifestyle which was the goal and earning more money and yeah. that's an even better goal but let's keep moving on okay now the first thing to think about when you're looking to um, get a passive income or to trade to trade mm. the market um, to make an income is how much money do you need first of all? Yeah, most people, people don't, don't stop that. and think about that, do they? No. Like how much capital have you got, and what's re what's a, a reasonable return? And people struggle with that as well. How much could I make? How much income do I actually need? So and how much income do I need is the first question. But yeah, mm -hmm. so coming back to it, I mean, working out a budget. Yep. So we're going to be talking to a money coach too, and. Yep. Um, I think he will be able to help us on flicks with that one. So how much capital do you need for your trading? So that was the next one I was talking yep. about, to be able to generate a return. Now, that could depend on whether you're going to be trading with leverage or whether you're just going to be trading with cash. 
the challenge, uh, and that, that's a challenge for most people to to understand. So, if you want to trade full time, you need to know how much your expenses are first. So, what, this is running your life. Running your life, all okay. your expenses, electricity, gas, you name it. Yep. Um, Mud it all down if you don't understand. Tennis that, racket for the kids if that's what they like. Um, create a cash float with a minimum of six months. So. I remember you suggesting six months. I'd even go out to say I'm, 12 months, really. Um, yeah, I, I always say a bare minimum of six months, but I prefer people to put 12 months in the bank account so you can live for 12 okay. months so that the pressure's not there. Yeah. If your pressure's there that you've got to make X dollars every single week, then you're going to be more emotional on the market. And if you're more emotional, yeah. you're going to make poorer decisions. Look, there was one guy I remember mm. meeting and he'd mm. gone, he'd done, I think, up to module four of our course and he'd stopped doing the course for a little while just because of work commitments and family and whatever. Mm. And he got made redundant and I just he rang me up and he said Janine I've been made redundant I said congratulations well done this is your opportunity now finish the course and then get on to doing what you intended to do in the first place because mm -hmm. he got re a huge um, lump sum payout so it allowed him that room to move and he had some money in the bank as well to be able to really focus on what he was doing so you know that's another way of thinking about your situation. Everybody's got to think about being made redundant. Okay, yeah, that's great. Don't. <laughs> no, but just don't think it's all doom and gloom. No. It might be the biggest opportunity okay, you've had. Okay, let's keep going. Now, will you use cash or leverage? So that's another part to this. Yep. Now, you might say different to me, but I just suggest that, that even if you only have a small amount of cash, use that to get started mm. to really test the waters and trade for that uh, for say six to twelve months before. At least, maybe at least 12 months, possibly even two years before yeah. you actually consider using leverage um, and before you, you're wanting to give up your job, for I'm example. I'm not arguing with you because you'll kick me under the table. No. <laughs> um, and so leverage is a whole different ball game. So if you start going into leverage, and we're going to talk about some examples of that shortly, but you need to know a whole lot more things. So it's not only needing to understand the technical analysis and how to trade in the money management, the risk management, then you need to understand those leveraged instruments and how they work and what the added risk is with those cool. really well. Okay. So that's why you're better off to separate the two out. Okay. So now vehicles for income strategies. So you can do this in a number of ways, yeah. right? So we, we know that there are shares that you can trade. You can have dividends as a way of getting income. Although, you know, historically people have said the way to get income from the market is buy and hold and mm. get dividends, which but neither of us subscribe to because we know what the charts show and how fast stocks can fall when they go ex-dividend and continue to be on a decline sometimes. Um, so we don't subscribe to that. It's more about being a bit more active. So dividends are more of a passive income. It's a passive stream. income, as we were talking about before. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's an income off potentially. Why would you take, why would you risk your capital just to get a dividend? That's the real question. Well, that's true too. And that's what people were doing with Telstra as was fell, fell away to 255. They were collecting dividends and losing mm. capital gains. So where we're saying you can get capital gains and treat that as your income. Yeah. So that's one. You can get dividends from the shares. That's the second income source. But you just need to think about it differently because people it. say, oh, mm. don't sell your shares because then you've got to pay capital gains tax. Well, yeah, you need to no. change your thinking. Pay your tax. Really. Um, so there's writing options. Which we talked a little bit about the we other We did week. in another one. And instalment warrants we haven't really talked about. No, but they're a structured type of product which can get you really good income streams if you understand it. And you can work, work on those with a broker, especially if you're a retiree or somebody with a large portfolio. You can use instalment warrants because it's a form of leveraging that will get you income. 
But you so, need a good broker who's not just going to push trades at you. Yeah, and there are some really, good one of those, yeah. those older style brokers. You're not, mm. not necessarily your, your cheap and cheerful ones that are just transactional. If you go to some of the bigger older brokers, they've got experts in them to actually And the help ASX have some really good brochures on options Absolutely. and warrants. And yeah. we know Graham at the ASX runs yep. really good courses on options, so that, that's one place to I actually to told to. somebody to go on, you know, get on the ASX website and get the options broker. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's really good from that now, point Now, CFDs is an area that we like because mm. we, we think they're quite simple if you do um, direct market access with CFD so it's what that means is that it's a it's a actually contract for difference we've talked about it on one yep. of the other shows yep. and this is actually replicating the movements in the share price so that's something that you can look at I won't go into it more right now but we do have a course on that as well um, that follows the diploma course so that's something to think about yeah but all of these things are what not how it's a what yeah, yeah. And, and this is where people get stuck. They think, oh, FX or mm. stocks or can you teach me trade options? They're just vehicles. They're just they're just a product. They're not how you trade. So you don't necessarily learn how to trade options or learn how to trade CFDs. You learn how to trade and then you so have So what you're product. saying is you need to do the course, right? We need to, to learn how to, to trade. To learn how to trade. Yeah. So you need to get the knowledge, build the skills in as mm. you're learning that and then get some experience putting that into practice in the market before you yeah. even go into some of these vehicles. Yeah, and then the vehicle is just what you choose to do yeah. that will take you from point A to point B. So, so let's just quickly, quickly the strategy could up. be dividend income yeah. and or capital gain. So yeah. that's one. Uh, looking at the trade term and direction. So you can actually trade both mm. up and down. So when the market's rising, you can make profits and when the market's falling, you can actually make profits as well. So you if you trade yep. vehicles like options, CFDs, you can mm. actually use that as a strategy to trade both ways. Mm. Now, you need to have, you might have different rules for trading in either direction. Mm. The techniques are really important very important to have good solid techniques to trade with and to really be comfortable with them and you only get comfortable with them if you're doing this over a period of time and, and risk management I left this till last because this is something I wanted you to really remember this is so important if you just have the risk management in place that's like 50% of what you need to know I mean that's critical so setting the stop losses and the money management side of things with structuring your portfolio you can make a big difference to your returns over mm -hmm. time but particularly for when you're doing short-term trading um, where you might be trading you know a few weeks or a um, few days or weeks this is really critical I agree with you um, and you'd, you'd have a different strategy for this as to what you would choose mm. for your medium-term approach. Mm. 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 I totally agree with you. All right, so that's really a wrap. Uh, now let's get into some more emails, shall we, before we do. Remember to hit that subscribe button and tell us, you know, what you think of the show. And whilst you are, give us a big... Whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up. Is that a bit Aussie? No, it's a bit, yeah. As long Actually, as my, th my thumb's as long a bit worse thumb, for wear. As long as I it's your thumb. had an attack of the peeler. So first of all, I got the <laughs> lamp that hit me on the nose and I had a black eye. And everyone thought Dale punched me in because um, we joke about that sometimes. I shouldn't joke, but... You know, it's just a bit of fun between Dale and I. I've been friends for a long time. Now I've got the and it's peeler. Generally, you punching me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's your uh, question. It's my question now. So we do have a question from Tony. Thanks, Tony, mate. Um, hi, Janine and Dale. Um, I have a question for you that may help a lot of people. I've been watching your show for a while, and you always say to have a stop loss to protect the downside. Now, I bought Meso Blast at $4.40, sold half my stock at $5.50. Luckily, 
Still, I had a stop loss in the market at $4.90 to protect my gain from my remaining stock. Now, Friday, or last Friday, the stock dumped 37% on company news, and my shares sold for $3. Is there anything I can do in future to protect against this? Pierce, it's hard to see the screen due to the tears blurring my eyes. Kind of. <laughs> I love this email. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. That was so, a really good email. Yeah. Um, I did talk a little bit about Mesoblast yesterday on my market wrap, because somebody else asked about it as well, and I said to watch this, but I, there's a couple of things here with Mesoblast, and if you look at this, it's massive. Uh, it's, Do you want to show a, the whole history of the... Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. bring it up. This is Mesoblast. You know, it is a very, very volatile stock. As you can see, it moves up and down. This is a trading stock. It's not a buy and hold stock. It's not a hot stock for uh, for investors. It very, is very much a, um, a trading stock. Now, I've quickly gone to the daily chart because I thought there's no point even looking at the weekly. No, that's fine because, yeah. again, so what we're looking at here is what he's talking about is here from Friday's close to Monday's open, it was down 41%. At one stage, it was down 44 and it closed at 37%. So that's what he was talking was about. Was that that's Friday's close down the bottom, was it? The bar on the bottom? No, where, where it is now, that's the that's the open. So it's basically, basically down 37%. But this is, have a look at this. It closed there that day. It opened up. 48% that day. So that was only 14th of August. If I go back, sorry, if I click on here and go over here from this low there, it opened up 23%, closed up 35% on that day. If I go to this one and it opened up 46% on that day, and this is, we're talking about in April. And if I can go back and we can see more of them where this stock will do that sort of stuff. You know, if I look at that there to there, we're talking about 6% between yeah, but a few days. It's, different. Days, it's 20%. different now. It's changed a lot more volatile. It's a little bit more volatile. <laughs> Just a bit. Here's one um, closed here. Just quickly go 40%. to the right. Hmm? But, you know, that stood out like the proverbial in terms of the huge gap that was there on the daily to be filled. It just... It was glaring that it was going to fall back there at some point. Correct. There's some rules around mm. why you're doing it, but my comment is more if you're going to trade stocks and you want to take those upsides where it's 40% up, then you're going to get hit on the downside as well. So can you protect yourself from that sort of stuff? No, you can't. It's just suck it up, princess, and if not being rude. If you're stocks. trading those stocks, this is part and part of trading. You've got to do that. That's a new saying from you, isn't suck it? Suck it up, princess. It, it you're is. trying to come up with a new saying so you don't have to swear, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And so I you am. don't pay me more money. Just ask the next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next email is from Hema. Hey, guys, it's Hema again. And yes, you guys pronounced it correctly. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Will the upcoming rate cuts benefit companies that manage and own industrial properties. Uh, two, could you please do a technical analysis on Cube Holdings and CIP Centura Industrial? They are, are they in a good buying zone? Okay, um, did you good, want to good. comment on any of that? On um, which bit? The first bit. No, you can. Look, I really like to stick to the, the charts, so I, I okay. was hoping that you would um, no, talk about that. I only want to look at the charts. Well, so do I. Look, perhaps we'll just look at the chart first. Look at Cube. So looking at Cube Holdings, we can see there... I like this stuff. Uh, Yep, we can see the history of the stock now. Mm -hmm. If I can go right back to the start there, which maybe you could do that for me. Okay, what do you want me to do? Bring Just go back to the start of the data. Yep, thanks. Okay. You've got there the you mouse. Go. So look, looking at it there, it's really done nothing but go sideways since 2014. Mm. With the COVID pullback, it had just started to take off prior to COVID and then it was looking really nice, but it's come back there. So it has a chance to recover, but right now it's in the middle of no man's land. But if we look at the weekly chart, it's just... Quickly... This, this should be, would be getting affected by the wolf industrial action, wouldn't it? 
Uh, look, I'm not. Because this I used think, to be Patrick's. Yeah, but I think any trans anything to do mm. with transporting goods right now, mm. um, it's been challenging given that there hasn't been mm. manufacturing's um, being challenged. Cool. And so it's not in a buying thing for me. It's not in a huge buying um, position no. for anybody at the moment. So looking at the stock, it'd need mm. to trade strongly above 290. Could see a further pullback, mm. somewhere between 230 to 240 or thereabouts. Yeah. On the downside, there's a real risk for that. But if it actually does trade above 290, then it, it would indicate that it's more likely to start pushing up mm. again, which would be good. I agree. But that's the thought on Cube. Have we got time to talk no, about that? We've got to go to the next okay. question. He's Sorry about that. I'm going deaf in email. one ear because I'm getting yelled at to keep moving <laughs> <Okay>. on. <laughs> but this email is from Sean. Um, we've actually showed your email, Sean, so I apologise for that. Janine did it. Um, hi there, Dale and Janine. I studied with you guys some 12 years ago. Wow. Um, at any rate, I recently I left that in there because I wanted to see a reaction when you gave oh, it to me. Thanks for that. going back 16. <laughs> well, we've been doing this for over 18 years. And doesn't that we? make you feel old now? And we've been accredited for like 16. <laughs> You're not years. going to answer that question, are you? No, I'm younger now than what I was then. But anyway, let's get back to Sean, okay? Okay, Sean. Um, he says I recently entered a short position on Rio after the stock had confirmation of its triple top reversal on the weekly chart, as you can imagine. I'd like to extend my profits as much as possible before it bounces back. I've done some back testing and it seems like Dow Theory Exit on the daily works rather well, but as I do not trade the stock often, I was just wondering about your thoughts on trailing stops and perhaps a short review on Rio in general. Fantastic. So um, first thing that Janine's going to tell you to do is back test. Really? That's what you're going to tell him to do? Um, exactly. And um, and try your luck with Rio because, I mean, it, is it quite a challenging mm. stock? It's a good stock to trade. Mm. Good choice, really, I'd have to say, on Rio. Correct. I like the share, but it, it has been on my list, as you know, for if you've been listening for, over the past few months, for stocks that are, have the potential to fall. So BHP and Rio, mm. I've been hoping that they will come back quite away. Now, it may find support where it is now and try to push higher. If it gets above 104, then it could be running. So we've got no, we've got a um, potential exit there if people were holding the stock. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's doing a short position and he wants to, tr he's trading it on a daily But chart. what, I, you didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry. Because a short, because what, when, when people trade long and short, mm -hmm. basically the exit for a long position is the entry for the short position. Mm. So there are, like you're saying, there is a, an exit there and it could be that the stock continues to the downside and it has the potential to go down further. So I yeah. I actually think that, um, you know, it's an interesting short. Well, it depends I, on how you're shorting it too, isn't it? Well, he's talking about the exit on the daily, but there's so many exits on the daily. How can you p pick it? Yeah, but he is, he is shorting and how are you shorting it? Whether it's CFDs is going to be different than shorting, doing short selling the stock. Yeah. So there's different rules around that. So exactly. it's about having a tight stop loss on it. So at this point in time, um, it, it looks well, it's like it's got it the potential away. to fall to around mm. 84 $86. But the mm. question is whether it's going to do that in this move. Now, yeah. you'll know pretty quickly if it starts to fall back below $92, $93 that it's mm. going to keep going down, I'd say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Well done, Sean. So now, we've got another one from, uh, this email is from Vinay. Hi Dale, I have read your book and aligning my portfolio based on ASX20 stock. Could you please review ALL and advise as per your recommendations? I've started very small amount trading to learn more. I've bought 200 of these at 29.90 with a stop loss of 25.10 and an exit around 34, $35 or when it shows weakness on the weekly monthly charts. I've got all that, I think. Thank you so much for teaching and your help, Vinay. 
So um, aristocrat leisure is a really nice stock. Mm. Interesting. I can't remember exactly where he said his stop loss 20, was. Um, I didn't. I wasn't um, watching. I'd but look, I mean, if the stock's trending up, then you, of course you would mm. go with it. If it actually starts pulling back, the problem is that people often set the stops really tight. Yes. And it, it's possible that sometimes people set stops as a profit stop rather than an actual proper trailing stop when the stock falls yeah. away, allowing it to have that pullback. Yeah. So his stop was a twenty-five ten. So if we look at that, I put a. Um, so he's using. So he's. So if he's bought in somewhere around about there and he stops at 25.10, which is around so about... So 15 cent. So yeah, so he's following... So it's around about 15 exactly cent. So he's following the book. He so said, that's perfectly mm. fine. So we're, we're doing rough figures there. So that's pretty good. Um, and I'd stick with that at the moment. I think it looks all right. Um, I think it looks like it's moving up okay. I mean, you might get a bit of weakness over this next week or two if the market does indeed fall away a little bit that we're expecting. Um, but at, not, at this point in time, I think it looks quite nice. Okay, let me ask you this question. If the stock mm. came back mm. to around $26, would you just get rid of it? Uh, it depends on the view. Like, it, he doesn't actually say whether it's a medium or short or long-term view, does he? No. But I would assume he he's doing more medium-term given he's following the top stocks and following what's in the book. Because to me, I think the picture would change quite a bit mm. if it started to get back to there. And I, I would seriously consider reviewing that. I'm not, mm. I'm not giving personal financial advice here at all. You do every day. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I'm just suggesting, like if I was looking at this share, if it had started to come back to that level, and it's mm. nice that the, the stop loss is actually close to that low there. Mm. I think that's really good because it gives the stock a bit of room to move. But I think if it started to come back around this zone, I'd be concerned about it. I really would. Oh, look, you would. I mean, at the moment, it still looks, all right. Look, mm, it it looks does. okay. Now, could it go up to $33, 30, $32, $34? I don't think it will in the next few the next week or two, but I think probably towards the end of the year it'll be doing really well. Yeah, okay. It does look all right. That mean, it does look all right to me anyway. But let's get on to the next question. And this one is from, uh, you give me the tough names, <laughs> Abhaya. Hopefully that's how you say it. I do apologise. I've, I've got it wrong. Hi, Dale and Janine. Please give us your insight on WSA. Um, brought at $2.12. Is reverse demerger happening in the ASX? Please explain. Thank you, thanking you regards. Abhaya, reverse demergering. Now, if you want to answer that first, I'll look at the stock first. Uh, a reverse demergering. Yeah, that's actually when they don't. So, so you've, on the stock market, they can actually raise capital by an IPO, initial public offering. Yeah. Or they can actually, and I think it's like coming in through the back door to the stock market. I know you can do a back door listing. Yeah, this is like having an ex, having a shell company. Yeah. Where they, it's an existing um, company, public company, a shell company, and they can actually come back into the stock market without going out to an IPO. It doesn't take anywhere near the amount of time. There's not. So you're talking about the same company. Cost. Yeah. So it could be another. It could be a private company that comes into the stock market via an existing company that's already there, but well, it's just a shell company. But that's called the backdoor listening. Yeah, so that's what it is, but so they call it a reverse um, demerger. Oh, I've never heard of that term. Yeah. I just always talk about it as being a backdoor mm. listing is because there's that's already... That's probably a crude Aussie term, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know, but it's there's it? <laughs> a company that's already there, done all the paperwork and done all that sort of stuff. Sometimes it's they've pulled themselves off from being quoted on the exchange. Mm. Um, and they're just sitting there dormant, and then somebody just comes in and buys. It's the cheapest way to get listed on the yeah. stock exchange. You just buy the, the shares in and the company. And the risk is a lot lower doing the name it that way. Off you, go. you don't have to face the IPO, all the marketing and costs. Yeah. And, yeah. and then once you're listed, you can and start raising capital. And be exposed to the brokers who are trying so, to help. So, but that. this one doesn't look like it unless it's. 
I mean, it looks like it's been trading for a while, doesn't look, it? Look, I think it looks great from a monthly perspective. Look mm. at the support underneath mm. there at around that $2 mark. If, the, if it manages to trade up really strongly mm. and head back above 252.60, then it could be well on its way to going higher. Yeah. So I think if it holds there, I think it's got potential. I wouldn't be trying to buy it now because it's still trying to prove that whether it's going to rise whether or fall. Whether it's going to rise or not, yeah. But, yeah, it's got potential. Mm. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Next question. All right. We've got Borrell. Now, we actually had two questions on the same stock. Did we? Yes. And I didn't tell you this, but what oh. I've done is I've, I've spoken to the director and we've joined the questions together. Oh, you've gone over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dale and Janine. Would appreciate your thoughts on Borrell. Have appeared to have broken a downtrend with recent strong moves up on both the monthly and weekly charts. And I see a buy entry based on a trend line. Would be interested in your thoughts, Nick. Now, Nick, you clearly have something in common with Steve, who also asked about the stock. So we decided to handle both the questions together. Now, this is because you asked for similar things. So hello, Janina Dale. I was hoping you might look at Borrell, please. This is stock I identified as breaking resistance on the daily chart at 392. So um, we've got a chart coming up shortly and I chose to purchase it in my ASX share market gain portfolio. And this is one of the reasons I got excited because we can have a discussion on this and I'm up $3,000. Wow. I've kept a watch on it in real life and have noticed it has now broken the weekly downtrend line that has been in place since around February 2018. If it closes out the week above this line, things could be looking good. Now, these trend lines for people who are new to the show, they're in Dale's book. So if you want to understand that, the best place to go for to get started to get an idea on this is how to beat your managed funds by 20, the managed funds by 20% and also accelerate your wealth. It's your money, your choice. And you can get those off our website. Um, the book's actually free, the How to Beat Your Managed Funds by 20%. You just pay the postage. I just looked at um, the chart there and I can see that it's above the trend line on the monthly, just trying to poke its head above it now, but it's really stretched there on the weekly chart mm. at the moment. So there's a potential for it to meet a bit of resistance around that 5520 mark. Has it finished its run? That's for now, that's a possibility. Yeah, I think you, there's a lot of resistance around that area, isn't that five to five twenty? And yeah, it is closing above the, the monthly, trend line on the, the monthly? monthly on the monthly chart. That's a really, really good sign. Mm. It is a more volatile stock. It is low. So you really do need to. Yeah, know it can what be quite doing. risky because it can often just. Mm. If we just have a look at how this stock trades, I'll just um, bring up the monthly chart. The way this one works is it tends to go up for a number of months and then just literally drops for three or six months. Like it, you know, here we go. We have this rise up over a number of months and then a fall and it nearly wipes out half of what it made or more. Again, same thing, it rises up for a number of months and then down it goes, up, down, up, down. It's just that sort of a, um, a stock. Yeah, and, and currently we're seeing, you know, here's one, two, three, four, five, six. Same thing. A bit month up. So you, based on what we're seeing through here, it doesn't spin five and six months going up for too long, does it, before no. it falls away? It's, I mean, it did the it, same thing after the GFC. Yeah. There was that strong yeah. trend down. It rose for the same amount of time and then it just spent mm. the rest of the time falling. So that's why it's a bit risky. Yeah, so what we're saying is the miles may rise up a little bit in the sh in the short term. I think over the next month or two months it's going to come back down again. It's going to come back down to test this mm. um, support across here. So, look, I mean, in terms of his trend line on the monthly, it was pretty right. Uh, 
As far yeah. as the weekly is concerned, look, you, you know, there may have been a trend line down here strongly. No, but, there you know, wasn't. I checked. Really, you checked. It's really hard to get something down there, isn't yeah, it? it's not. But there may be an uptrend line underneath all of this now. Yeah, but the second person was more referring to the weekly trend line being the same as that monthly one. That's oh, why. Okay. And you can't do that, really. Right. But okay. anyway. If, yeah, it's more, it's, it's, you'll understand that. Mm. If you're interested in trend lines, study the course. That's where mm. you're going to get that first-hand, really solid understanding of how to apply them. Because we're going to move into a phase eventually in the market where trend lines are going to become really important oh, to mm. trading again. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of tonight's show, and thank you for your questions. We hope that you've enjoyed the discussion tonight. Um, thanks for participating, and remember, your questions are important, so don't let them go unanswered. Also, if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll have a look at your requests for our upcoming shows. Now remember to hit the subscribe button and like the video. Janine loves it if you put the big thumbs up as well. And also remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so to really help them get informed as well. And as the participation grows, we can deliver you more interesting and informative topics. Now also remember to put the show on your calendar as we will be back here right here on YouTube live every Tuesday 7 to 8 p.m. If you want my US market takes, that's on flixflixx.com. So we do that every single day. And also day. the interesting subjects that we're talking about at the moment. Oh, on sorry, flix.net. .net. .net, flixx.net. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Say that again. Flixx.net. <laughs> Okay, if you'd like to have your questions answered on the show, either send your question in an email. Remember, a video question has priority and you can reach us by emailing info at wealthwithin.com.au and type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this by 3pm Tuesdays to get into that night show. Can I, can I ask them a question? Can I say... Post down below when you're watching this, post down below the hottest stock that you think is going to be on the market for the next three months. So, so that's the challenge, the question. What stock do you think is going to be the best performer in the next three months in the Australian stock market? Now, we really hope everyone has enjoyed this show tonight as much as we have bringing to you as always. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.